Yo, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. And <laughs> you guys already know what we have in store. You guys know what we're going to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about the conference championship games this week or this prior Sunday that happened this past Sunday. And we have a Super Bowl matchup for the ages, I think. As far as quarterbacks goes, we have Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Okay? So we have the GOAT and Tom Brady. And then we have a guy in Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I told you guys. I told you guys before the weekend. I, I said, hey, if he's able to get to the Super Bowl again and win it all again, what a remarkable start. So we got a quarterback that's the GOAT. We got another quarterback, a young quarterback, who a lot of people will make a, a great argument for that he can possibly somehow – and do the unthinkable and try to catch Brady in this GOAT debate. Because it seems like he's the only quarterback that really has a legitimate shot now, right? And speaking of GOAT and legacies and who has a shot and so forth, let's just start. Let's You guys already know who we're going to get into. We're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to give you guys a college football team that the Packers remind me of. Um, but first, first, welcome back everybody to another episode of the IKP. Shout out to everybody listening. Shout out to the, the new listenership. Shout out to the regular listeners. Shout out to all the DSPs that you guys are using to download and stream this podcast. And once again, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kitt, and let's get into it. So... <clears throat> Let's just start with the NFC Championship game, right? We were talking about legacy. We're talking about GOAT quarterback, Tom Brady. You know, we're talking about all this good stuff. And, you know, obviously we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his play. And I basically laid it out already for you guys, like what was at stake and the, the legacy moves and how Aaron Rodgers could boost his legacy and so forth. And how we've how like how we're gonna view Aaron Rodgers? Because I mean, we all know Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, generational talent. We get all that, but at some point, you know, it has to show on the resume. We know he has a great arm. We know he throws a great football, but it has to show up on the resume. And once again, this past Sunday, the Buccaneers they beat the Packers thirty-one to twenty-six. Um, the Buccaneers advance to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady advances to his 10th Super Bowl appearance. And for back-to-back -back years, consecutive years, the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers loses in the NFC Championship game. And I really thought it was Green Bay's year. I Well, I thought it was Green Bay's year to get to the Super Bowl. Now, I probably wouldn't have them winning the Super Bowl versus Kansas City, but I thought this was their year to get to the Super Bowl. You know, home field advantage. Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level. Matt LaFleur is 26-6 and six in his two seasons. You know, this is the second year under Matt LaFleur and his system. 
They had a they argue, they had a healthy roster. So I'm like, yeah. I think so be I think Tampa Bay's gonna I thought Tampa Bay was gonna put up a great fight, you know, Brady and so forth. But I thought this was Green Bay's year to get to the Super Bowl, and I was just wrong. I was wrong. Um, and I must say, and before I even get into before I even dive into my soliloquy, uh Tampa Bay's defense, Todd Bowles, hell of a job. I mean, hell of a job. Hell of a job what they did, especially that front seven. Um, the, that linebacking core with, you know, with Devontae David and Devin White. You got guys in that front set on that front line, uh, JPP, Shaq Barrett, uh, Nadamakan Sue. Shouts out to them. They, 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 they were the X factor in the game. That 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 defense was the X factor in the game, and Todd Bowles put the they put he put together a hell of a game plan. Great defensive mind. But obviously, we have you know the referee, you know the refereeing, the officiating of the game. People didn't love. I wasn't a fan neither because on that last play, yeah, it was a penalty, but. Throughout, if you were watching that game, throughout that game, the the officiating was very loose. Was very loose. They were letting players play. They were letting players get away with a lot of contact, a lot of holding. Um, Tampa Bay, they got away with some egregious holding calls. They got away with some egregious holding calls. Um, and then you know, obviously, on the most meaning on the. On a meaningful play, the last meaningful play, Kevin King got called for holding, so or PI. So I I didn't agree with that. I would have loved to seen the players. I would have loved this. Let I would have loved to seen the players play that situation out. Um, and Aaron Rodgers get back on the field, but it didn't happen like that. And I'm not the guy that you know that that blames a fish. You know, I don't blame the referees for games. So I'm I'm not that guy. But then at the 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 big the big call. The big decision that a lot of people are making a fuss about is Matt LaFleur and him deciding to kick the field goal instead of letting Aaron Rodgers stay out there on fourth down, on fourth and goal. And I agree. I, if that was me, I would have let Aaron Rodgers stay out there in the fourth, fourth and goal. What do I have to lose? I'm a, If I'm going to lose, I'm going to go down with Aaron Rodgers. That's just the way I'm thinking. So, I, I did not like that call at all by Matt LaFleur. It was a it, to be honest, it was a very scared call. It was a scared conservative call. It was scared. It was a it was a scared it was a scared call decision making. So I didn't I did not love that decision making from Matt LaFleur. But it just seems like every time the Packers lose a playoff game, it's like we 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 blame everybody for, you know, we either blame you know, the defense, oh, my God, the defense, they gave up so many points. Well, I mean, in the second half, they did force three turnovers, and they gave Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to take the lead. Aaron Rodgers didn't take it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, what about Matt LaFleur's call? Yeah, Matt LaFleur's call was very scared and conservative. I did not love it. And I and I vehemently disagree with his play, with with that decision. But what did Aaron Rodgers do prior to that decision? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, people are blaming Aaron Jones. 
Aaron Jones, oh my God, Aaron Jones, he fumbled. He, Aaron Jones fumbled and it led to a touchdown. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do after a turnover. Instead, Aaron Rodgers was given three turnovers. He converted his turnovers into six points. The Buccaneers and Tom Brady, they converted their two turnovers into 14 points. That's what you do. I don't know why we I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I really do. And I and like I told you guys, I thought it was their year. And I'm not saying it, it I'm not saying it's all Aaron Rodgers' fault. No, no, no. I'm not saying that by no means. But Aaron Rodgers is going to get a share of this blame too. Cause I, I look at Aaron Rodgers. I told you guys already. Green Bay's defense, it forced three turnovers. It forced three turnovers. And on two of those turnovers, Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter had an opportunity to take the lead. The score was 28-23. And on two back-to-back opportunities, Aaron Rodgers had a chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter. And let me just give you what let me just let me just give you what happened on those two drives. Okay, on the first drive, negative five yards, punt. The second drive, um, three and out, punt. And then on the third turnover that the Packers force, Aaron Rodgers drives down the field. And get this, they get into the red zone. Mind you, all year long, the Packers have been historically great in the red zone. They have been historically automatic in the red zone this year. Aaron Rodgers goes two for nine in the red zone. Two for nine. He had two completions in the red zone. Okay. Third and goal. You everybody everybody want to talk about Matt LaFleur's, you know, decision. Everybody want to talk about his decision that he made with kicking the field goal, which I disagree with. But what did Aaron Rodgers do on third and on third and goal? Instead of taking a running lane, instead of taking that lane where he could have ran, and let's just let's just play the let's, let's play the scenario game, right? Best case, the worst case scenario is Aaron Rodgers falls short at the one or two yard line and it's fourth and goal at the one and two yard line. Okay. Best case scenario is Aaron Rodgers gets in and score. Best case scenario is probably more, more likely where he gets in and score. Aaron Rodgers decides to go, he, he decides to throw to a double covered Devontae Adams. And that ball, and it, it had no shot at being a completion. So Matt LaFleur made the decision, which I disagree with. Because if I'm a go, if I'm a lose, I'd rather lose going going down swinging with my best player on the field, which is Aaron Rodgers. And I would have went for it on fourth and goal with Aaron Rodgers. I would have went for it. And Matt LaFleur, like I said, Matt LaFleur, that was a that was a scared coaching move. That was a scared coaching move. That is what you call scared. That is what you call scared. And I would have went for it. Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. I'm he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a he's a once in a generational type player. I'm gonna give him an opportunity. I'm gonna give him four opportunities to cash in. I'm not gonna kick the field goal. And also, and if I don't get it, hell, I put my defense in a better situation. Because now the opposing offense, Tampa Bay's offense, 
they're closer to my end zone. I'm going to give my defense a grand opportunity. So, you, and, and you kick the field goal, Matt LaFleur, you end up kicking the field goal. You still had this, you were down five. So you still had to score a touchdown no matter what. So I would have just, I would have just went for it because you still have to score a touchdown no matter what. So I don't agree with that call. But Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't great at all. He wasn't he, he didn't play like an MVP. He has he didn't play MVP football, the MVP football that we've been seeing over the last several months. We didn't get that from Aaron Rodgers. So, yes, I get it. Kevin King, he didn't play well. He played horrible. He got burnt on a lot of stuff where he shouldn't have got burnt on. Yes. But the Packers did force three turnovers. Their defense forced three turnovers. Their defense did they, they like they their defense did their job in the second half. Aaron Rodgers. We should be looking at Aaron Rodgers a little bit more. We should put we should be putting him under the microscope a little bit more. We should be putting him under the microscope a little bit more. And I like Aaron Rodgers. I like him a lot. But too many times when the Packers lose a playoff game, it seems like we blame everybody else but Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Aaron didn't play great. He played good, was not great, and he had opportunities after opportunity to take the lead, and he didn't. Simple as that. So let's move on to Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes in this AFC Championship game. Okay, so Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs just straight up Molly whopped the Buffalo Bills. And I like the Bills. I, I I really did. I thought, and I, you know, Josh Allen, he had improved drastically. Uh, this Bills team, it's a it's a really good team. I mean, it was one of the hottest, like I said, it was one of the hottest teams coming into the league, coming into this game and going into the playoffs. But I mean, what do you expect? Kansas City, they're too good. They're a juggernaut. This is a juggernaut, and there's in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes in this offense with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. They are just so entertaining to watch. They are so entertaining to watch, and I just find like these playoff games that I have seen from Kansas City. It's just it's it's just mind boggling, but fun to watch. And I must say. When they were trailing nine to zero in the first quarter, when they were down nine to zero in the first quarter versus the Bills, I was never and I was never worried, not a doubt in my mind. There was no doubt in my mind that Kansas City wouldn't come back and win. I knew they would I, I actually tweeted trailing nine to six. Trailing nine to zero versus the Bills, I tweeted, "This is exactly where the Chiefs want to be." And they just, they, they like KC. Can we just be like honest now? <laughs> They're good. They're good. And Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes is the guy. I, 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 I would be. I was just, just shocked. I was shocked that so many people 
had thought or had this thought or this premise that Josh Allen, despite, I mean, he's had a great year, but that Josh Allen was on the same level or if not better than Patrick Mahomes. I'm just trying to figure out who came up with that. Who came up with that narrative? Because it was polar opposites on Sunday. It it, it proved it, it proved itself to be wrong. Kansas City, in every game that it seems like they in every playoff game that they have pe- played in the Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid era in the since you know any any playoff game that Patrick Mahomes is playing in, Kansas City is bound to make a big run. And once again, I reiterate. This Kansas City offense, this Kansas City team as a whole, this is they're, they're very similar to the, to the Kevin Durant Warriors. I told you guys in two ways they're very similar. First, how easy the game comes to them offensively. The game comes so easy to them offensively where they, they like after if there was a certain point during the regular season where Kansas City got bored and they were just they were they they were just trying out new stuff, new things, adding new tweaks just to stay just to stay interested. But then when I told you guys so many people were overreacting, freaking out, oh my god, what's going on with Kansas City? They're, they're winning a lot of close games. I don't I, I, I didn't see the problem with that. But they, oh my God, they're winning a they're winning a lot of close games. We're not used to this. And I told everybody, take a deep breath. The Kansas City Chiefs will turn it back on in the postseason. And that is what I saw from the Kevin Durant Warriors. Kevin Durant Warriors, they were so dominant. So it, they came, the game came so easily where they would just take certain nights off. They would lose here and there. And people were like, oh, my God, what's going on? And nothing would be happening. They would they, they, they would saving themselves to the, into the playoffs. In Kansas City, I mean, <laughs> the, the Warriors, the KD Warriors used to go on third quarter runs. They were the, the Warriors were dangerous in the third quarter because in the third quarter, that's where they would strike. And that's what they that's where they would create their distance in a sizable lead. That's that's how it worked with the Kevin Durant Warriors. With those Warrior teams, they would create their leads in the third quarters. And they would they used to be called, you know, the Warriors Avalanche, the third quarter avalanche, because they come at you like an avalanche in the third quarter. Well, I got a couple things. Kansas City, in every playoff game that Patrick Mahomes has played, they have gone on a big time run. You can go, you can go back and look at the 2018 divisional round versus the Indianapolis Colts. They started the game on a 17 to 0 run. You can go back and look at the 2018 AFC Championship game versus the Patriots. They, they were, they were down 14, but then went on a 21 to three run. You can go look at the 2019 divisional round versus the Houston Texans. Once again, they were down 24 and then went on a 41-point run. 41 to 0 point run. That happened, that happened last year. Remember? Divisional round versus the Texans, 41. 
like that. Or you can go back and look at the 2019 AFC Championship game. A 35-7 to run when they were down 10-0. to They come at you like an avalanche. I'm not, I'm not done. The Super Bowl last year. They went on a 21-0 run when they were down 20-10. to This year in the playoffs versus Cleveland, they started the game on a 19-3 to run. And then this past Sunday, they were down nine points, nine to zero. They were down nine to zero, and then they went on a 38 to six run. Just phenomenal. So I don't know if this trend is going to continue. I, I would think it would continue because it's it's practically happened in every playoff game that Patrick Mahomes has ever played, where the Chiefs just either they get off to a slow start most times, and then they go on a crazy run. Or they 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 start off pretty quickly, and they got the lead, and you're trying to play catch-up. Simple as that. Simple as that. Also, you want to hear something else? You want to hear something else? The last night, this, 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 is, the, this is how dominant they are. The last 19 postseason drives for the Kansas City Chiefs, 14 of those drives have either been touchdowns, four of those drives have been a field goal, or the other one has been a kneel down. I, re- I-, I repeat that again. Here are, the, here are the Kansas City Chiefs' last 19 drives in, in, in the postseason. The last 19 drives in the postseason. This dates back, obviously, all the way to last year. 14 touchdowns, four field goals, and one kneel down. (laughs) I rest my case. I rest my case. I rest my case. I mean, how can you get any better than this? And then I told you guys, Patrick Mahomes... Uh, coming into going into Sunday, he was the youngest quarterback to start in twenty. He's the youngest quarterback to start in three consecutive conference championship games. Okay, three consecutive conference championship games. He's won two of those games. That one loss, if you guys remember, obviously came to the Patriots, uh, and that was in an overtime game where he did not get the ball back. He did not get the ball, and also. Famously known, D4 was offsides. D4 was offsides. If D4 isn't offsides, Kansas City Chiefs win that football game. So we're talking about a guy, we're talking about a guy before the age of 26 that has had three conference championship appearances, two wins. So he has he's had he has he has more Super Bowl appearances than Aaron Rodgers already. He has more Super Bowl appearances than Dan Marino already. He has more Super Bowl appearances than Steve Young already. He has more Super Bowl appearances than Drew Brees already. He has more Super Bowl appearances than a lot of those guys. At the age of 25. He is en route to winning his second Super Bowl. He'd be the second quarterback in league history to win two Super Bowls within his four within his first four years. 
you could probably guess who was the other quarterback that did it, Tom Brady. And all I'm trying to say right now, all I'm trying to convey right now is Patrick Mahomes has arguably had the best career start in modern sports history. I mean, think about it. First four years. Now, obviously, he didn't play in his first season. He didn't play. He didn't play. He I think he started one game in his rookie year. That was week 17. That was the last game of the year. So he didn't play his rookie year. But the three seasons he's had, he's he's played in 50 touchdowns. The first the first year he started, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Then the second year, dislocates his knee, comes back, um, goes on a remarkable playoff run, a historic playoff run, wins the Super Bowl, then comes back this year. Had a he had an MVP caliber season. I wouldn't call him the MVP this year, but he had an MVP caliber season. And now he's en route to he's one win away from winning his second Super Bowl in four seasons. Uh, like I said, I think this is obviously the best career start for any quarterback. You can I don't, and you can you can name Tom Brady, but Brady was not the lead catalyst of those championship teams. He was not the focal point of those first couple championship teams. You can I mean you can that's that's just the fact. That's just the fact. Yeah, he had some big time moments, some big time drives in those games for sure, certainly. But he was not the main catalyst for these Super Bowl runs. Patrick Mahomes is. So Patrick Mahomes, like I said, if he's able to cap off one more victory and win his second Super Bowl within his first four years, this would be the best career start in modern sports history. Simple as that. This would be the best career start in modern sports history. And I just like the culture of this team. I just like the culture of the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I mean, like, get this. McCole Hartman, he muffed the punt, and that's what led to the Bills scoring their first touchdown, and that's what led to the nine-point deficit. Nobody was worried on the Kansas City sideline. Everybody, obviously, um, McCole Hartman, he, you know, he, you know, he was balled up and frustrated, obviously, and upset. But on the sideline, I saw Patrick Mahomes. I saw Travis Kelsey. I saw those guys go up to him and say, hey, pick your head up. Head up. We got you. We're good. Andy Reid shows confidence in him. You know, want to wanna pump up, want to refuel his confidence. And Andy Reid calls his number in the red zone. He scores a touchdown. Andy Reid calls his number again. He gets a 50-yard run. It's it's just, it's it's stuff like that where I just like the culture. Like I said, um, a couple weeks ago versus Cleveland, Andy Reid had the guts, or yeah, he had the guts. He had the carriage. He had the he had the trust factor for Chad Henney to go for it on fourth and one. Such a gutsy call. Fourth and one in your own territory. You're practically if you don't give if you don't get it, you're giving the opposing team a shorter field to score a touchdown. Andy Reid had ult- he had the ultimate trust for Chad Henney 
it's stuff like that where I look at this, I look at this team and I'm like, I like the culture. They're exciting to watch. They got a young franchise guy, quarterback, superstar quarterback, who, you know, does, says all the right things and so forth. A lot of good character guys on this team. They do, they, they're, I mean, they do a great, they do a good job in the draft. They keep hitting on the draft. You look at the slot corner that they drafted, Sneed. He's turned out to be pretty good. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's he's had a pretty productive season. You know, this Kansas City, they're a juggernaut right now. They're a juggernaut right now. Travis Kelsey. Um, last week of the season. He had he had Travis Kelsey could have really did something special. He could have led the league in receiving yards as a tight end. He could have done that. He finished he finished second in receiving yards this year, but he could have finished first. He could have he could have led the league in receiving yards. Instead, took the week off, didn't play. And about that, it's about a bigger goal. I like that type of stuff. I like their culture that they have in Kansas City. Let's move on to Tom Brady and his greatness. Tom Brady, he's going to an, a 10th Super Bowl appearance. I'm going to tell you what this says about Brady, um, and I think you guys will like it. And also, I'm going to talk about the Packers and what they have turned into. Um, I don't know if Packer fans are going to like this analogy, but I think it's a pretty good one. i catch you guys after the break. Hey, y'all, what do I mean? Okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30% sale right now. Up to a 30% sale right now at the 47 brand. They have your favorite teams. It don't matter what sport, what league. It can be college football. It can be NBA, NFL, MLB. Um, NHL, it does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there, rep your favorite team. Don't miss out on that sale, the 47 brand. And so Tom Brady, he's pretty good, right? <laughs> like he's, he's, he's pretty damn good. And for people that thought, you know, if you weren't convinced that he was not the GOAT, well, after this past Sunday, um, in this victory at Lambeau Field with a new team, with a new system, and a shortened offseason, um, then I don't know what else to tell you if you're not convinced. He's the GOAT, okay? He's the GOAT. And with this whole first, <laughs> it's so crazy because you can literally split Tom Brady's career in half and both – both halves, both halves of his career, it's a Hall of Fame caliber career. So he advances to his tenth Super Bowl, and yes, he 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 did not play, um, he did not play good in the second half. But the 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 first half was was Tom terrific. It was a great first half display from Tom Brady. And the things that he was able to do with that Packers secondary, um, and he took advantage. I thought, I, I mean, I thought that that touchdown right before half to Scotty Miller, I, that was probably one of the best throws I've seen Tom Brady make all year long. Um, and, and it was, and obviously, it was a bad assignment and a bad play call from Mike Patton 
to um to go one high to go one high single safety. That that was just that that was just a bad play call. And you you want at, in that situation you want to take away all the deep shots, and you you just want to take away all the deep shots to the sideline. You want to take all of that stuff away, and that was just bad. And Tom recognized that, so that that was a great play. And I thought that was a play that really defined the game for the Buccaneers offensively. But then I look at the point. I look at the fact where Brady. I I I, I talked about this during the off season, and the episode where. I, where the announcement, the big announcement had been made about Tom Brady and his departure from the Patriots and he and him heading to Tampa Bay. That episode that I did, that's still one of my highest rated episodes in this whole, like, it, throughout my time in podcasting. That particular episode is basically, it's one of my highest rated episodes. And I don't know why, maybe because... You know, I think some of it is because Tom Brady um, and the news and him heading to Tampa and people were excited and so forth. But I think another half of that was I, I, I literally broke down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback situations that they have that they have had in their in their franchise history. And it was not pretty at all. It was not pretty at all. And actually, let's just take a look at the Buccaneers pre-Brady. Buccaneers pre-Brady was coming off of three straight losing seasons, right? Three straight losing seasons. Um, Not to mention last year, Jameis Winston just had a historic year. And I mean, and when I say historic, I mean historic in a bad way. Um, Just with a, with just a barrage of turnovers and interceptions that were very costly. Um, Then you look at they were coming off of 12 straight seasons of missing the postseason right here. 12 straight seasons of missing the postseason. Then they had seven they had 17 seasons gone 17 straight seasons without a playoff win. 17 straight seasons without a playoff win. And then to top it off, they had the worst winning percentage in NFL history. The Buccaneers, the worst win percentage in NFL history for a team that like that explains the, the that explains the hardships of this Buccaneers franchise. Also, I talked about how it's been a it's been a struggle for the Buccaneers and their franchise as a whole to fi- to find a franchise caliber quarterback. Yeah, they had Doug Williams. That was for a half an hour. Yeah, they had Steve Young. That was for a half an hour. Brad Johnson, they won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. Let's be honest. Brad Johnson was not the he was not the reason why they won the Super Bowl. That defense was the reason why they won the Super Bowl. That defense has nothing but Hall of Famers all over all over the place. Warren Sapp and John Lynch and Adamakin Sue. I mean, I mean, I said Adamakin Sue. Uh, but you look at guys like Warren Sapp. John Lynch, uh, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber. You look at that defense had nothing but Hall of Famers. Brad Johnson was not the reason why they won the Super Bowl. So that just explains to you what the like the hardships that the Buccaneers have gone through in trying to find a, a franchise quarterback. 
And then in Tom Brady's first year, in a year with, I mean, a lot of uncertainty, in a year with a shortened, um, a shortened off season that we have never seen before, a shortened, un- a shortened off season that was unforeseen, a new system, a system quite, uh, quite frankly. A system that a lot of people did not think Tom Brady would fit into. Because we all know Bruce Arians, risk it and bit, no, no risk it, no biscuit. We all know his philosophy. He wants to stretch the ball, he wants to stretch the ball down the field. He wants to stretch the field. And we all know we and, and some people would, you know, with just thinking and alluding to the fact that Brady is 43, he's an older quarterback, and how do you expect him? How do you expect him to throw the ball and stretch the ball down the field and so forth? And Brady has done that all. He leads the league in, in deep touchdown passes. He leads the league in deep in deep deep passes, completions. Um, So he's just redefined the odds. And, and get this, Tom Brady, he's trying to win – his seventh Super Bowl. His seventh Super Bowl. Seventh. He's trying to win that. There's been no other player in NFL history that has gone to seven Super Bowls. And he's trying to win his seventh. Just put that in perspective. Put that in perspective a little bit, okay? Put that in perspective. And then I was talking about like you can literally split Tom Brady career in half and both halves are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. From 2001 from 2011, he had 3 Super Bowl championships, 5 Super Bowl appearances, 2 Super Bowl MVPs, 2 league MVPs, a 78 win percentage, 16 playoff wins and 7 Pro Bowls. In 2012 from 2021, he had three Super Bowl victories, five Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl MVPs, an MVP. His winning percentage was 75. Play, he had 17 playoff wins in seven Pro Bowls. Also, the winner, the winning percentages for both of those careers, for both of those, for for both of those half careers, they're the they're the highest of all time. Those playoff wins. That's the most of all time. Those those Super Bowl appearances, that's the most of all time. So he has two career. He has you can literally split his career in half and he has still come out with two Hall of Fame careers. He has two Hall of Fame resumes. It don't get any better than that. I rest my case. I rest my case. Now, this is some breaking news to me. Um, before I get to the Green Bay Packers, this is some breaking breaking news. Um, Seahawks offensive lineman Chad Wheeler. Seahawks offensive lineman Chad Wheeler. Um, he's been accused of a domestic violence, um, a domestic violence case. Too bad I can't show you guys the photos and so forth of the young lady. That was involved in the domestic violence uh, case, but he has been accused. Um, and I'm and the reason why this is breaking news to me because I did not know about this. 
because this was not reported on um on some of the bigger sporting out like the, some of the big sport channels like the outlets like Bleacher Report, ESPN, I have that I just haven't heard about this um and you know my researcher we pulled this up and this is what we got so this is breaking news i just want to i just want to inform people because i know that it hasn't been really broadcasted but it, I, i'm giving it to you guys so that that is you know chad wheeler offensive lineman of the seattle seahawks he is uh he's been accused of domestic violence and if i mean looking reading the story and looking at the story if uh it seems like he's pretty guilty so hopefully justice is served and the nfl and the seahawks respond appropriately accordingly and so forth but i just wanted to give you guys that news because i know it hasn't been surfacing or it hasn't been broadcasted yet to my knowledge it has not been broadcasted yet on the bigger sporting channels and outlets such as like ESPN and Bleach Report and so forth. So that is what uh that is what I have for you guys. Now let me get to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers in this little dispute. Um so Aaron Aaron Rodgers cleared up the air about his, you know, at because after the game, he came out and said, Hey. My future here in Green Bay is uncertain. I don't know about it. And, you know, he came out, He, you know, he was just very uncertain. And he was emotional after a, a tough loss um, in the NFC Championship game. But then yesterday, he came back, he cleared it up, and he was like, well, judging by the circumstances, uh, you know, this is a paraphrase, by the way. Um, he doesn't see any reason why he wouldn't be returning back to Green Bay. So, first, I I think Aaron Rodgers he's sending a message. He is sending a message to the Green Bay Packers, like, hey, you guys, instead of drafting my replacement, how about you go out and draft me another receiver? Um, and and, and this is my this has been my thing with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, they first Aaron Aaron. The Green Bay Packers need Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers need the Green Bay Packers. Let's get that understood. And I, I think for the most part, I think people get that. Like Aaron Rodgers, once again, generational type talent. Now, has he has he fallen short? Um, under has he has he fallen short as far as expectations in some big high stakes moment moments? Sure, yes, yes. But he's a generational talent. In Green Bay, let's just be honest. Let's 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 just call a spade a spade. The Green Bay Packers are not a desirable free agent destination. Um, they 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 don't have. I, I like the the front office there is weird. It has a weird arrangement, I should say. They don't they don't have a owner. So the advantages that uh, a Jerry Jones may have, or advantages that Tom Brady may have had in New England, he, he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't have a Jerry Jones. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a Robert Kraft. He has the community of Green Bay, of wherever that is. 
in Wisconsin. Wherever Green Bay is in Wisconsin, that's who controls it. So the Packers do have a bit of a weird setup. Um, and I and I think I, I think he was sending a message like, hey, we like we need to get better in certain spots because you look at the you look at the Packers and what they did in la, in the last in the in the last offseason, they didn't do much. <laughs> uh, they didn't do much. And that's been that's typically been what the Packers do. The Packers typically don't make trades. The Packers typically don't go out and spend money on free agents. They don't they just don't do it. Um so I think he wants the Packers to be a little bit more ag- or well I would say a lot more aggressive than what they have been in the in the, pre- in the past 15 years that he's been there uh, or 15 16 years however long he's been there. He I think he's sending a message. We got to get more aggressive. Green Bay didn't make they didn't they didn't make any upgrades from last year. And and one could argue that is the reason why they lost in the NFC Championship game once again. You you know, you're doing the same thing, expecting a, a, a you're doing the same thing, expecting a different expecting a different result. That is called insanity, my friends. That is that is called insanity because the Packers did not make any upgrades. They didn't make any major moves. They didn't make any moves to get better. In their weak spots, they just stayed the same. And luckily, Aaron Rodgers is good enough where, you know, they have a, a decent enough team where they've been able to get back to the NFC Championship game. But Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers has yet to get over that hump. And let me tell you who the Packers remind me of now. Because they haven't been to the Super Bowl. And now, now counting 10 to 11 years, uh, they have fallen short in big games over the last several years. And the Green Bay Packers, they may be the NFL version of Notre Dame. Notre Dame football has had it's it's a story background. Notre Dame football has a historic background and tradition. And by no means, Brian Kelly is a good. He's a he's been he's doing a great job at Notre Dame. Um, I think I think too often. You know his personality is a little, uh, it's a little, uh, but you look at his resume at Notre Dame, and it's 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 pretty, it's been pretty good. And over these last four years, he's won a lot of ball games. But Notre Dame, we when you think of Nor- when you think of Notre Dame and um Notre Dame in college football terms, you think of like big time program, big time power. But they haven't won a national championship since 1988 with Lou Holtz. <laughs> so, so I mean, and, and and you look at the Green Bay Packers. It seems like they, like they have the whole thing, uh, title town, and their legendary coach Vince Lombardi. The the you know the trophy, the Super Bowl trophy, is named after Vince Lombardi. The Lombardi Trophy. So like, there's a lot of historical, traditional background and winning with these two with these two teams, with the Green Bay Packers and, and Notre Dame, but both in recent years, and more so Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame over the last several years, over the last, hell, I mean, if you want to be honest, over the last 20 years, have just, in big games, they have just wet the bid. And that is what the Packers are slowly becoming. 
the Packers are slowly becoming the Notre Dame of the National Football League, where it's a lot of history, it's a lot of tradition, it's a lot of pride, and they they win. They, they're, they're a winning franchise. That's, a, that's the way that they're viewed and proceed. But with the amount of attention that they get and the tradition that they have, for the Packers, with for the Packers to have Aaron Rodgers, a general, like I said, a generational type quarterback, for them to have him at the quarterback position, and they have only won one Super Bowl in the last ten years, one Super Bowl in the last ten years. That ju- that's just that it seems it, that's that's underachieving in Notre Dame, you know. Obviously, Alabama's been the powerhouse. Ohio State is is really good. Clemson has come, really come onto the scene. But Notre Dame, they haven't won a national championship in nineteen since nineteen eighty eight, and it just seems like we we hold on to these old traditional powers. And I get it, I get it. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and then the Green Bay Packers, I I just see a lot of parallels where. They wet the bed in big games. They un they they massive to, you know according to their tr- traditional tradition and their winning culture, they have massively underachieved, especially with the Packers. The Packers and with you know with having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and you have on you only have one Super Bowl victory to show for it, and that last came in ten years ago. It just seems like you're massively underachieving. And I think that is what the Packers have turned into. Notre Dame has been this. Like, when you look at college football, yeah, Michigan. Michigan, you you can make an argument Michigan is is massively underachieving too. But Michigan has always been a nine-win program. So that's, that's different. But with Notre Dame, we think of them as this winning of this winning culture and winning tradition. Um, and they only have since that, like Notre Dame hasn't won a national title since 1988. So, and that was with Lou Holtz. So it just seems like that is what the Packers are turning into big powerhouse, but nothing really to show for it over the last several years. Nothing in the current past, nothing in the current present, nothing currently. Nothing is, you know, they get, yeah, they're getting there. Like, the, it, and it just shows you these, these two football teams, the Packers and Notre Dame, they're still really good. Like, the Packers, they, you know, they won 13 games. They've won 13 games over the last two years, or they've won 26 games over the last two years, back to back 13 win seasons. Like I said, Brian Kelly, he's doing, he's doing a good job in Notre Dame. He's doing, he's doing a good job in Notre Dame. He's doing a good, he's doing a good job, but, you know, they're just not they're just not good enough um to their standards where they're getting over the top and they're either reaching the championship round, reaching championship games, and then winning those championship games. And neither have done have have done it. Neither have done it in a while. Neither has done it. Neither has done it in a while. So yeah, Tom Brady, um, I think that's a pretty good analogy about Green Bay and um Notre Dame too. But Tom Brady, he, you know, he's the GOAT. It's it's just case is closed. No more, no more just trying to debate it. He's the GOAT. And he's and he did it 
without Belichick. He did it without Belichick. So that says a lot. Um, and, and I didn't want to make this too this I didn't want to make this episode too long because I got a special, special, special episode coming up for you guys. Um, I think you guys are gonna really enjoy it. I'm uh I'm gonna keep it under wraps. I'm gonna let you guys try to figure it out, or you guys can just wait. Um, but I I got a good episode coming up for you guys since uh it's gonna be it's gonna be since we got another week until the Super Bowl. Not this weekend, but the following weekend, two weeks from now, we got the Super Bowl. Um, or a sun a week, us you know, not next week, but not this week, but next Sunday, Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl Sunday. So yeah, and you know, coaching, like I said, Matt Lafleur, that 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 decision that he made, it was a scared decision, scared decision. Uh, and, and get this, I like Sean McDermott, but I thought you know. He just he opted to kick two field goals, and I wasn't a big fan of it because I'm like, you're playing Kansas City, you need as many points as you can get, and so forth. I thought they I thought they could have utilized Josh Allen mobility a little bit more in the red zone, but hey, uh, I, that was that was the difference between conservative coaching and aggressive coaching because Bruce Arians was aggressive. Bruce Arians. Went forward on fourth down a couple times. Uh, he took. He decided to take the shot during half before halftime. I thought that was really big. So it, it, you know, just coaching conservatively versus coaching aggressively, and it paid off for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so forth. And we all know how Andy Reid. We know how aggressive he can get. So I'm gonna let you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, like I said, I got a, I got, I got a special episode coming for you guys. So just sit tight, enjoy this one, <laughs> sit tight, enjoy this one. Obviously next week, we're going to be all Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. And I see you guys always remember two choices, one decision. Thank you guys and peace. I'm gone.